Thanks for listening to the podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sunday, visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Like I said, my name is Matt. If we haven't met before, I'm really nice to meet you. Happy Thanksgiving. And now, well, officially next week is when, like, the Christmas season starts. So I've been saying Merry Christmas this morning. So Merry Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas music, but Annie refused to do Christmas songs. This <laughs> It's not true. But next week, next week will be our first Christmas song. So all songs are Christmas. Thank you. This is going to be a great day. So... Okay, so here's what we're doing. If you've noticed, um, in weeks past, we normally, we send the kids downstairs. There's a separate program for kids we do downstairs. We decided, hey, we're not going to do that this week. And we wanted to do something a little bit different. So if you have kids, there's um, some coloring pages in the back and then also fruit snacks. And if the fruit snacks are left over, then anyone can have fruit snacks. But the kids get them first. Uh, I want, I want, if you have your Bible or an app, if you want to turn to Psalm 71 with me, I'm going to use Psalm 71 to frame our time this morning. And I'll read it if you don't have it, but I'd love if you followed along. I'm going to read the whole thing, and forgive me because I'm like nasally, and if I break out into a coughing fit, it's because I have a cold. But Psalm 71 says, In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge, to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak up against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. As for me, I will always hope. I will praise you more and more. And this is the part where um, we're going to focus our time today. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You have done great things. Who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles, Many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. I will praise you with the harp, 
for your faithfulness, my God. I will praise, I will sing praise to you with the lyre, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. My tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long, for those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. So what happens in Psalm 71, just to, to frame this, is there's these different forms and acts of worship. We see at the end, it's talking about musical worship, which is what we do every single Sunday. Um, but you notice in the section in the middle from verse 15 onward, there's this, uh, there's this kind of repetition of telling of righteous deeds and saving acts, of proclaiming mighty acts and righteous deeds, of declaring marvelous things, of declaring God's power. And so we were talking uh, about what we would do on this Sunday following Thanksgiving, and, and we were just talking like, hey, let's do something different. Let's invite people to come forward and share stories of God's faithfulness. So I texted a handful of people, and I just said, hey, would you be willing to share stories of how you've seen God's faithfulness throughout the last year? And so what we're going to do today is just, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to tell of God's righteous deeds, of his saving acts. We're proclaiming his faithfulness. And I think there's some, there's some really beautiful things in here and, and stories that we're going to hear today. And it's important to remember, like even David says in, in verse 15, he says, though I know not how to relate them all. Anytime we tell these stories, we're just getting a, a small sliver of it, and I only gave people like three to five minutes, so it's going to inherently be a small sliver of what uh, has actually happened. And the other beautiful part is that uh, in the stories that we'll hear today, there's not always like a bow to tie on the top of it. Not every story and not every uh, thing that we're going through has a nice pretty ending that we're experiencing right now. And so uh, I just want to frame the conversation in that way that um, we're only getting a small piece and often what we experience doesn't come together in this like easy final sentence that just makes everything better again. And so what we're going to do, the format, is really uh, I'm going to invite some people up and then we're going to sing a song in response. So while people are talking, you listen and, and engage with it and then um, Braden and Annie will come back up. They'll lead us in a song. So feel free at that point to stand up and sing uh, in response to God's faithfulness. And then we'll kind of do that a couple times. And then in the end, we'll come back and we'll take communion together. But I will invite Sarah and Flav up and I'll pray just for us um, before we get going. So Lord, uh, we come before you and uh, we want to see ways in which you have acted and you've been uh, kind to us. Sometimes some of the things that we experience, they're just your kindness. You're good to us. And as we tell these stories and we see you're, you're rescuing, you're saving, you're building our faith, God, I pray that as we tell these stories, the same would happen for everyone who listens. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So make sure you introduce yourself and then go, go for it. Good morning. My name is Sarah. This is my husband, Flavius. For those of you who did not have the privilege to meet yet, um, really, really a cool opportunity to get to share this morning a little snippet of how God has been extremely faithful um, in response to uh, our stubbornness, I should say, stubbornness and um, our questions and our unsurety and just um, God pulling through in a way that he always seems to do. <laughs> 
So just a little backstory. Flavius and I have been married for about 10 months now. So fresh off the boat. Um, it's been amazing. But interestingly enough, our season of engagement into our early marriage has held some warfare and some spiritual entity that we did not expect. So it brought challenges for sure. And um, that brought just unsettlement and has just been a, a kind of a continuous upward climb of wanting to get back to a place maybe that we've been years ago or um, yeah, just kind of wanting to be somewhere where we're just not yet. It's been a struggle to open the word. It's been a struggle to believe that God can do what we know he can do in our heads. Um, so here's just a little story of what happened actually a few weeks ago. Um, of God's faithfulness to us, and um, you'll you'll get to see how we're human, and and we serve a powerful God. Awesome. Um, so this might be a little bit of a vulnerable time, but yeah, Sarah and I we've been married and for ten months or so, and yeah, I just we haven't been in the Word together as much as we'd like, and. And a part, I could speak for myself. I haven't been in the Word as much as I would like to, and um, you definitely feel it. But so w- I guess I'll just start the story. Um, we just got a new bed, and we were moving it in our room. And we live in the basement, so it's kind of like hard to shimmy things down and whatnot. But um, we were moving it in our room, and we had the box spring set up against the wall. Um, and when we were moving something else. Um, I see the box spring starting to fall, and I just, like, didn't think it was going to, like, do anything or nothing was going to happen, but it actually hit Sarah's foot really bad, and she just kind of, like, jumps up, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, and I'm just like, like, what, what's wrong? Like, what happened? And, like, it, like, swiped her ankle really weird. It must have, like, struck a nerve or something because um, she, she was just, like, in excruciating pain. Like, Sarah almost never cries, and she's, like, almost on the verge of tears, and I'm like, I feel so bad because I saw it fall and I didn't like say anything, but I just didn't think it was going to hit her. I just, you know, so I'm a bad husband. Um, but um, so, um, so yeah, it's, she's just like in excruciating pain and, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I set her down. I like, we sit her down and I'm like, is it okay? Like, you know, I'm like, should I get you ice? You know, whatever the situation's full, like just happening. And, um, so the night goes on. I, I'm, like, building the bed. I have to, like, literally carry her. Like, she was going to go shower. I carry her to the bathroom. I carry her back. I carry her to the seat in the same room. Like, she cannot walk. Like, just just excruciating pain. And she can't even, like, walk with my assistance. Like, I have to, like, literally lift her and bring her over. And she's like, I have to work tomorrow at, like, 8 a.m. I have, like, an eight- or nine-hour shift. Like, this is going to be terrible. And she, at her job, she stands all day and walks around and, you know. Um, so... She's, like, very stressing out, and I'm just sitting here, like, oh, gosh, like, what what do we do, you know? And, I mean, we can, like, always call in sick, but it was, like, sale day at her job at REI, and it's just, like, craziness. And um, so, anyways, um, so eventually we find ourselves in bed, um, and a great way to spend the first night in our bed, just sitting there in pain. But um, so we are... Um, sitting there, and she has her foot, like, elevated on the pillow, and I'm just, it's just, like, quiet between us, because I just feel bad, and she's in pain, and whatever, and she can't even roll her foot, she can't do anything, and I, we're, like, sitting there, after, like, three or four minutes, I'm just, like, okay, 
you would think I would you would think I would do this more considering if you know the stories of my family and like healings and stuff or whatever. But I'm like, so I'm about to do something that's gonna really that's really out of my comfort zone. In her mind, she's like, oh gosh, like. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, this is really out of my comfort zone. But she, she kept that to herself. She told me that after. But I was like, I'm about to do something that's really out of my comfort zone. So I'm like, I'm going to pray for your foot. And it was like quiet. Like just, you know. But um, I just didn't really, in the moment, I just didn't really have that much, like really much faith. Or I was just doubtful. And, you know, this doesn't happen a lot. Um, it happens, like I said, my family, like we grew up with a lot of this. And, um, but... I never did any of it. I never prayed for healings, never happened, you know, whatever. But um, so I start praying, and um, I'm just telling God, you know, God, you do what you want in this situation. We're not going to tell you what to do, but we just pray that you ask, that you heal Sarah's foot. That's our request to you. And um, uh, so let me just say, she couldn't even roll her foot, nothing. Like, she couldn't walk. I carried her from around the room, everything. And then I just, like, after I get done praying, I just, like, get back in my spot. And I just, like, sit there. I just, like, I feel kind of, like, silly. But I was, like, you know what? Like, there's no reason to feel silly. Like, I'm just praying to our Lord. And if he heals her, he heals her. If not, you know, he's still faithful. So um, all of a sudden, I hear, like, her heart beating really loud. And I'm just, <laughs> and I'm, like, Sarah, are you, like, tapping on the bed? I thought she was, like, tapping, like, on the bed. I was, like, what, what do you, what's that sound? And she's, like, that's my heartbeat. And I was, like, what? And she, I'm, like, why is it beating so hard? And she's, like, she's, like, because I'm rolling my foot right now. And I'm just like, really? She's, she's like, yeah. And I like, I like move the blanket and she's like rolling her foot. I'm just like, Sarah, were you able to, were you able to do this before? She's like, no. She's like, it was like super painful. Like I couldn't do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's trying to walk on it. And she just like, she, <laughs> she just like gets out of bed and just like starts walking around the room. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I, like that was, I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. That wasn't possible before. And it was, in my mind, there was, like, no doubt in my mind that the Lord did something because, I mean, I saw her. I was carrying her from the bathroom to the room to everywhere. You know, it's just, um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of our, our little story of faithfulness. And, um, you know, like I said, we haven't been super close to the Lord, but I just want to be an encouragement that if you don't feel necessarily close to God, um, doesn't make you less of a Christian or um, make him less real. Um, so just like an encouragement for you guys in that. Did you want to share anything else? Yeah, just just to preface that even more so, like Flav and I couldn't be more of a, like most stubborn human beings. And just to like have even prayed or attempted to pray for healing before, kind of out of our comfort zone, um, and not seeing it happen, it was difficult to even, like, enter back into that and, like, expect and hope that God would choose to move differently, and, and this was, like, this is one little situation, you know, there, there are bigger things, and there's, you know, bigger situations or healings we've even, like, been a part of and prayed for that we haven't seen come through, but this was just one of, uh, one of those that, like, the Lord really chose to act in a certain way, and, um, and it resulted in, like, me like ho hovering over the bed in tears just like oh my gosh <laughs> I can't believe this is like the way that he's going to choose to work now and and the increase of faith that happened like instantaneously with that was was unbelievable it was like God you knew exactly what we needed this stupid little situation to like just make me mad honestly and um and then just to enter into that like this is uncomfortable and 
we're going to do this, and like just the, the bond it'll, you know, bring us into, and just, um, yeah, just that it's, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing, so um, yeah, I hope that's an encouragement to you guys, and uh, Fab's just going to close us in some prayer. Yeah, God, we just come before you as people who um, don't follow you perfectly. We lack in our reading. We lack in our prayer at times, and um, we lack in our uh, witnessing to other people at times, Lord. But, God, you're still faithful. You're still there. You still love us. Um, God, you still listen to the prayers of your children, even when they don't feel close to you, Lord. Um, God, we just pray that we can encourage the congregation um, with this small story, Lord. And um, we just pray that there's more moments that, uh, goes through our lives and our and the congregation's life, Lord, that they can um, finding the courage and the faith to pray for healings, um, so that uh, your your name can be glorified and your work can be seen, Lord. We just pray this in your name, Amen. Amen. Um, my name is Donald, and this is my wife Jennifer. Uh, we moved to Spokane about five and a half years ago. And along the way, we've had a few bumps in the road. Uh, actually, when we were driving, uh, when we were moving here, I actually wrecked the moving truck. Um, and insurance decided not to cover it. Um, our youngest was diagnosed, our youngest daughter was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis about a year and a half ago. Our son developed chronic migraines about a year and a half ago. Um, and my wife became extremely sick about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Um, and then the church that we had come here to help plant shut its doors about a year ago. And through all of it, we've seen God be so faithful. Within three to four weeks of wrecking the moving van, uh, I went to the mailbox and we found $5,000 in checks inside anonymously given to us. Um, we've had, uh, like I said, I need to, our leadership team, um, for the church that we were part of globally asked all the churches to take a day to pray for us and to receive pictures and to see a church in Africa of about a hundred or more people praying for us was so humbling and so blessed to be a part of that. Thousands of prayers have been sent up for us. Uh, we've had countless friends deliver us meals, pray for us, sit with us, cry with us. Um, hmm. we had a friend just recently uh, sell a vehicle and give us the proceeds so we can get a medical procedure. We've had friends bless us with money so we could go to the Mayo Clinic for my wife this summer. We've had, um, like I said, I'm going to forget a lot of stuff. And then River's Edge as well gave us money to be able to help us do in which we could have never have had the experience that we had at Mayo Clinic without River's Edge giving us money and then loaning us money, which we could repay when our insurance paid us back. I'm also going to read from my notes. Um, otherwise, I probably will just spend my time crying. <laughs> um, but like Donald shared, we've been through a lot, actually, the past few years and uh, for me it has included thousands it seems of doctor's appointments um, including the Mayo Clinic to try and find answers or a diagnosis um, we still haven't found one yet but um, I was actually thinking the other day that I'm um, 
so thankful that I'm not the author and the finisher of my faith story because I wouldn't have had the courage to write it um, with all the twists and turns that it's taken over the years. Um, however, like Donald said, we absolutely can trace God's hand of faithfulness through it all. And we are shocked and we're amazed and blessed. And while Donald was able to share some of the practical uh, ways that God has blessed us and in, in provisions and things, um, I just wanted to share how God has also given us um, this assurance of his love for us in the midst of all of this, uh, what seems like chaos, um, where at one point I felt um, unseen, uh, I felt abandoned by God, I felt forgotten by him. I now feel completely and utterly cherished by him. I feel seen because in the midst of a physical pain and uh, heartbreak, God has really shown me rich truths about him in his word. And we cling to those life, like, like a lifeline. Um, I've learned also through this health trial that that gift of faith that he's blessed us with in his care for us truly translates to any difficult circumstance we go through, not just this health crisis, but any trial, any kind of suffering. And Donald and I and our family, we continue to find unexpected strength each and every, every single day. At this moment, we don't know what tomorrow will hold for us, or the next day, or what we might face. But I believe that we both know with certainty that we won't have to face it alone. The very last words of Jesus that the Gospel of Matthew records are, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Just a verse that has been um, has been playing in my head for the last three years. It's out of Romans 8, uh, and it's verse 35, and then I jumped to 39, 37 through 39. It says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or, anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all of these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us, for I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we thank you, God, and we praise you, Father, that nothing can separate us from you. Father, not pain, not anguish, nothing. God, and that we can trust that you will always be with us to the end of the age. Amen.
Um, <laughs> so I'm going to speak about um, anxiety and fear and panic. So of course, um, I'm doing the number one fear of all people, which is public speaking. <laughs> so my heart is probably sounding a lot like Sarah's in her <laughs> story. Um, and I also have to go off notes because I'm going to rabbit, rabbit trail this like crazy. So, um, so about seven years ago, um, I started experiencing really intense panic attacks. Um, and I didn't know what they were at first. I seriously just thought I was dying. Uh, <laughs> so two like really quick, not funny at the time stories, but funny now. Um, one of my very first panic attacks was, um, I'm a nurse, so I was uh, putting an IV in somebody, and all of a sudden, I started feeling like, you know, my heart's pounding, I'm getting nervous, which is weird. I've done this like a thousand times, like what's my problem? Um, and I dropped to the floor, because <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna pass out. Something must be terribly wrong with me. And this poor family, they were so sweet, they didn't speak English, and they're just staring at me. And I'm crawling out of their room on my hands and my knees. <laughs> and I crawl down the hallway. And, <laughs> and somebody's like, do you need help? And I'm like, yes, I need help. I'm dying. Because you really think that you're dying. Um, and so somebody grabs a nurse. She comes up to me. And I'm literally crawling up her leg going, you have to help me. I'm dying. Like, I really am. And this really funny, like, snarky older nurse walks by me and she goes, oh, honey, you're not dying. You're just having a panic attack. <laughs> and of course, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm dying. So of course, they brought me to the ER. I was not dying. Um, another time, <laughs> these are just like the two like main ones. I've had thousands. Um, another time was at home. I woke up from a dead sleep thinking I couldn't breathe, thinking my throat was closing in on me. So I EpiPinned myself. <laughs> Uh, don't do that when you're having a panic attack. <laughs> it will only make it a thousand times worse. So anyway, yeah, sorry. I'm laughing now. It was not funny then. It was pretty horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's funny because um, when we moved to Spokane about three or so years ago, um, life kind of got a little calmer. Um, but we were involved in a really chaotic church, very stressful situation. Um, and so when we moved to Spokane, I thought, okay, my work, like work was calming down, things were calming down, I should get better. <laughs> um, but I really found that I was sitting in my thoughts more alone by myself. And so I had to take a few years to just kind of process life. Um, and looking back, so I'm going to tell a few stories. I'm sorry, hopefully I won't be too long. Um, but when I was writing this out, I was looking back and I was like, kind of processing through like all of the things, you know, all of like how your life just kind of starts like flashing before you. And you're like, oh yeah, now I get it. Now I get why things were so stressful and why I was so anxious. Um, well, first off, I just felt like I had to succeed in like every area in life. And I had to do it well. I had to be excellent. I had to be an excellent mom. I had to be an excellent wife. I had to be um, a career nurse. I had to be excellent at it all. I had to make Pinterest birthday cakes, you know, all those things that I'm not good at. <laughs> you have to be excellent at it all. Um, and I just had that in my head that I had to succeed. I had to succeed. 
And I had to do it in my own strength, um, which I have later found. I don't have a whole lot. <laughs> it's all the Lord. Um, but to go back even further, sorry, I'm rabbit trailing even off my own notes. Um, I First off, I had a baby in nursing school. Like, that's hard stuff. <laughs> but at the time, I thought, I can do it. I can persevere. Um, I had a very screaming, colicky baby that cried day and night. And when all my friends would run off to the dorms to go study, I was sitting there. A screaming colicky baby. Um, my husband deployed for 16 months, leaving me, not leaving me. He did it for our family, and I'm very thankful. Um, but he left for 16 months. You know, I'm in nursing school. I have a colicky baby. So stress, wondering if he was okay, wondering, you know, um, he got bombed a few times, wondering if he was <laughs> going to live. It was just, it was just really stressful. Um, he comes home from deployment. He's working at a restaurant. I'm working at school. We're just switching kids. We have one son. We're switching him off in a parking lot, just trying to make this whole all happen. The whole time, I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. It's going to be OK. Um, so then I become a nurse. Um, and now it's Matt's turn to go back to school. Um, so I take on full-time job at a very stressful Army hospital. Um, it's just like a ton of responsibilities. Um, another year goes down the road, um, I have another baby during that time, and then all of a sudden my health starts failing, like, I am sick. <laughs> I have really severe asthma, like, who as a 30-year-old gets asthma, it was really weird. Um, I'm super sick, I didn't know at the time I had celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease, um, triggered by stressors. <laughs> um, I'm just getting sicker and sicker. Um, there's a long kind of story to this next part, but we ended up um, in a situation where we had a three-week emergency um, adoption. Is that how I would word it? Yeah, we had, get, we had given a three-week notice that our daughter um, needed to be adopted. So in the chaos of all of that, we run, we adopt our baby girl who um, has to, it's, she's in here, so I won't talk too much about it, but a long road of detoxing. Um, and also, um, I might cry about this part. Um, sorry, this one gets me every time. Ah. Um, we entered into a nine-month custody battle for her. Sorry. And, um, man, it's funny, it was six years ago, and it's still just like, I think that was probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Sorry, just give me a second. Speaking of panic. <laughs> um, anyways, um, our bills, like we were wiped out of all of our money. <laughs> Not like we had a lot, but we had enough, and then we were completely wiped out of all of our money. Um, and so it got to the point where Matt and I are working all the time never seeing each other, passing kids off. Um, all of a sudden, we're pregnant again. <laughs> you think we would have figured out how that happened, but um, poor people, they don't get to go out. They do. No. <laughs> they do other things. No, I'm just joking. That was not in my notes. <laughs> That's why poor people have so many kids. 
what else do you have to do? So we find out we're, we're pregnant again. Um, we have our son. He's got a heart defect. Of course he does. Why not? Just add that to the pile of stuff. Um, so we're working all the time. We're not sleeping. <laughs> we have, oh, I snorted. Three little kids within three years. It's rough. Don't do it. We love them, but it's hard. It's hard stuff. Um, but I fell into that trap of, like, supposed to be. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be this. Like I said, I'm supposed to be that good mom. I'm supposed to not yell. I'm supposed to work hard. I'm, you know, supposed to, supposed to. And then if I did all these things, then I could actually gain God's approval. Um, he would actually see me for who, you know, what I thought was he would see me. He would know me um, because I could work my way into his presence if I did all these great, great things. <laughs> um, so I wrote down, no wonder I was falling apart. <laughs> no wonder. Um, and then we moved to Spokane, and um, I feel like my healing journey actually began here. Um, and I wrote down, it's been this journey of surrendering, and it's been a grueling process. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times, like, I went before, like, church people, and I'm like, you have to pray for me. I'm dying. Something's wrong with me. What is wrong with me? And they would pray for me, and they'd pray for me, and nothing, and nothing, just like you were talking about. Like, you see all these miracles, and then, like, nothing. Um, and then I would see people being healed of colds, and then me, <laughs> and I'm like, I... You know, I'm going years and years of this, and why am I not finding any relief? Um, but I think it was that journey, the process, um, to get me to this place where I had to surrender my ego, which that's a hard one. Um, and I had to rely fully on the Lord because I, I physically cannot carry this load. <laughs> so I had to really, like, just give it to him, but I mean, but it was in a process of like on the floor, on my face, just crying, having nothing, um, and for him to just start building me back again. Um, oh, and I wrote down, he's been so kind to me, <laughs> and he's been wooing me with his presence. Um, he's been bringing people and songs and sermons into my life um, just to break me down and then to build me back up. Um, and I, I have felt this just huge release, specifically in this last year, this huge release from my anxiety, um, just kind of like it floating off of me. Um, and I'm just so thankful because it really does ruin your life. <laughs> um, so then here's my second little piece. I'm sorry, I'm probably taking too much time. Matt, sorry. Um, ah! um, so two weeks, was it two weeks ago? No. Yeah, yeah, two weeks ago, Matt Carr sends me a message like, hey, um, do you have anything you want to share? And, of course, I was, like, feeling, like, mountaintop high. Like, yes, I have to tell everybody how God has delivered me from this, right? Um, and it was like, oh, he's delivered me from, like, the darkness into the light, and it's just been so awesome. And then comes last Sunday, and Matt's preaching, other Matt's preaching about um, Sabbath. And so I tell myself I'm going to take a Sabbath on that Monday <laughs> between dropping kids off from school, and then it just hits me again, and I feel that cloud of anxiety, and it's just hovering above my head, just like, almost like beckoning me to just, to just let it enter, you know, um, and it was a fight, 
it's, it was a fight all week. Um, it was like, I told my husband at the end of the week, I said, it's, it's like, it was like that familiar knocking, like, hey, let me in, let me in, let me in. Um, but I had to fight hard. <laughs> and I had to surrender every thought that I had to the Lord. Um, I had to take every thought that I had, you know, take every thought in my head and hold it captive and give it to the Lord. And um, it was work. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, and then Tuesday comes, and I get a message that um, a high school boyfriend of mine had hung himself, um, which is just really, really sad, leaving behind, like, his wife and his son. And, oh, and it was like all week long, I'm closing my eyes, and I'm trying to go to sleep, and I just see that there's a battle going on, like, I can see it in my head, I can see the light, and I can see the dark, and I can see them battling. Um, and I don't know, like, I've, I'm kind of sensitive to stuff like that anyway, so if, if any of you have ever done that, or seen that, or experienced that, it's, it's intense. Because <laughs> not even in your sleep can you find peace, you know. Um, so then, sorry, this is really long. <laughs> so <laughs> Friday, Friday comes, and I'm just like, I t keep telling my husband, I, think I, I feel like I'm gonna cry, and I don't know why. And so I'm sitting in the bathtub, just bathtub, on the edge of the bathtub, like sobbing. And my husband comes in the bathroom and he says, and he lists the week. This is what happened. You just found out your high school boyfriend, I mean, of a million years ago, died. <laughs> um, you're anxious about sharing at church because all of a sudden your anxiety that you, that's been broken off of you, is, you're fearing it's going to come back in. And so, of course, he like nailed it right on the head like he always does. But in that moment, I just felt it lift again. So this is kind of what I wrote down. Um, I wrote, this is the conclusion that I've come, I've come to at least for now, for today. We can get delivered from something, but sometimes we still have to fight for that freedom. Um, like every day. <laughs> sometimes it takes me every minute of the day. Um, I wrote down um, 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Um, I realize there's, just, there's a war going on around us at all times, and it's trying to destroy us. That sounds really negative for, a, you know, <laughs> for this, like, faithfulness talk. Um, but I say that because there actually is hope. We don't have to just let it overtake us. We don't have to wallow in anxiety and depression. We don't have to kill ourselves because it's too much. We actually have a Savior who loves us. Um, and he tells us to take every thought captive for a reason. He tells us to put on our full armor for a reason because we are in this battle. Um, so actually, <laughs> in a roundabout way of all these stories, I'm so thankful for him. <laughs> I'm so thankful that he's giving us these tools that we actually really can fight through this and fight this good fight until the end. So, thanks. Thanks for listening to this long thing. I might not do this right. Thank you. So, I, I knew a little bit of what everyone was gonna share, but um, I actually, my, my faith has been built up just in, in kind of hearing those stories and, and hearing you guys talk and share, and um, I'll just say thank you for, for me um, but I hope that that's the same for each and every one of us, that as we hear stories, we, we probably hear a little bit of our own experiences in it, 
uh, and hopefully in that then can see the ways in which um, God is at work or might, might want to be at work in our lives. Uh, what we're going to do next is what we do every single week, which is receive communion. So I'll invite Annie and Braden, you guys can come back up, but I'll just read from 1 Corinthians um, before we open the tables. Because when we, we read earlier in Psalm 71, um, David talks about proclaiming God's mighty deeds, his marvelous acts. And if there's one mighty act, one marvelous deed, it's what we remember with communion. It's Jesus' death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. And so what uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, as we come this morning to remember you and to remember what you have done, your mighty deeds, your marvelous acts, the ways in which we have seen you at work in our lives and the stories that have been shared today, God, we first and foremost put in our hands a reminder of your marvelous deeds. The bread and the cup reminds us of what you've done for us. And just as Janice shared at the end, that doesn't mean that there's not a battle. There is something, but you have won the victory. And it's an act of faith for us this morning to proclaim that you have won the victory, and in you we have hope. And so as we come to the table this morning, God, meet us here. In Jesus' name, amen. The tables are open.